Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Conversations. And it is October 10th. We're bringing on a panel of Planet Buzz today. And our subject is going to be what's occurring right within the hour and tomorrow, Saturn, our planet of structure and authorities, rules going direct after its four and a half months sojourn of in apparent retrograde motion, as it does every year. It's very significant that it works with our goals, our entire goals. There's so much to say, and I'm going to let Planet Buzz do the talking. We are now ready for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called purpose-centered astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Thank you, Hermes. Yes. The great truth sayer, you might say, and trickster of us all. What you see isn't always what we get, I guess. It's what <laughs> might have said. So Saturn, just as specifics to start with, on the 11th, today's the 10th, but I think, Laura, you were saying that it's going direct. And it started its retrograde on uh, May 23rd. And it was 13 and a half degrees Aquarius. And it's gone back to six 
almost seven, 6.53 degrees of Aquarius, meaning that all the fixed signs, you know, as we, and I'll recount them, Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio in that range, or even a little bit beyond, which is pretty wide when you consider the orb possible three degrees. So if it'd be three degrees up to 16 degrees of those are being affected by this retrograde, which of course includes some of my planets, and I'm sure some of all of ours. And, and also, maybe we want to talk a little bit about the shadow period. Is that an idea? that Because it is from the very beginning, because the purpose of this, which I might just quickly inject, is that we're wondering what has gone on since the Saturn retrograde? You know, what's going to shift and resolve? Because there's a lot of uh, collective issues surfacing around, and we'll be talking about that besides the personal too. But just as far as the time period that we might be looking at, okay, so we know that it was May, May 23rd, up until now, which is four and a half months later in October. But when that started was back in February, 15th, the 15th of February, when it first started at that um, degree of um, almost seven degrees, six degrees Aquarius. And then it inched up until May, went retrograde back to six degrees. And now it's going to inch up again. I say inch up because it is way out there in our solar system beyond Saturn. It's the groundbreaker. No, it is Saturn. Thank you, Sue. It's an Aquarius. Gosh, I'm way out there and I got lost with myself. Please forgive me. Anyway, it's Saturn, our timekeeper. And Saturn is going to complete its orbital path to once again visit finally 13 degrees and 31 sec minutes to be exact in Aquarius on January 15th. So the entire process takes about a year, which is pretty routine. But it means that the first time we encounter events, then we recalibrate them or digest them. I know the cow has three stomachs. It takes a lot of cutting, you know, cud and, 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 and digesting. And gosh knows with all the planets having been retrograde and slowly going forward with our motion, there's so many... Um, activities happening, which we can talk about. So then again, hopefully we'll have time to kind of see how it could play out. So does anybody want to talk about this shadow uh, path or anything like that by itself? Maybe? No? <laughs> I, I kind of covered it, did I? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'll um, oh, go ahead, Lucy. No, you go ahead, Laura. Um, well, I tend to, uh, the way I explain shadow periods to clients, not even to part of the retrograde, it's like when you're sweeping, right? And so you sweep up the dirt and then you have to do another pass and then you do a final pass, right? And so that's part of what we're be, we'll be moving into after tomorrow where, you know, so today Saturn doesn't turn direct, but it stations, right? So it appears that it's standing still. And because it's Saturn, it's for a few more hours than with Mercury, it's a couple of hours, right? It's like three hours when Mercury stations. But Saturn, we get, it's like almost a day. 
that it appears that it's not moving at all and then it starts moving forward but so these shadow periods are it's like we haven't whatever we like with sweeping whatever was going on that first pass we have to revisit and just looking at what's been happening you know saturn representing in part authority um and discipline and those types of and structure, right? As Rick Levine says, sort of all ST words in English are Saturnian. So that the structure um, that has been in place throughout most of this year um, is being reevaluated and recalibrated. And we see that happening globally in terms of politics. And so I do think that that's part of it um, because of it being an Aquarius, then it's this balance of Aquarius being humanity and the collective and so the group and authority and how and who has authority within a group or over a group and that being in you know part of why we're not done yet we don't know what the shadow will all represent because we've got several months of Saturn catching up to where it was when it went retrograde in May um and and so we still, there's more to be revealed. I love it. Leslie, I'm eager to hear your take on all this too. Well, I'm probably going to talk about it more from a personal point of view. I, I often see what people call the shadow period as an internal period. So it, it's an invitation to, to, to go within and, and sort of ask yourself, some important questions about you know what is the structure in your life what is the foundation in your life and what about it requires pretty much what laura was saying what what about it needs in a sense to be spruced up i mean i suppose you could call this a renovation period if you wanted to and and that applies both physically and both externally and internally so when I'm talking about it from an internal perspective, I'm talking about personal, our personal experiences. And we're going to find that often what we see externally in the world, we may very well mirror what's going on inside us, the back and forth about, uh, and in lots of ways, what's real and what's not. Uh, we've had since January 2020, a lot of back and forth about what's real and what's not. And of course, because Saturn is the ruler of the third dimension the you know the, the the gravity and all the things that go along with being in a physical body uh you know it, there's been a lot of tension around again what's real and what's not and but that also applies internally like reframing where you might be going in your life taking the these experiences and 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 looking at how they impact you internally there uh, i mean we know that there's a lot of information around about how this has impacted people in terms of learning in terms of the depression uh all and, and those are the personal manifestations of the kinds of things that we're talking about and i can sure tell that mercury's retrograde because i feel like i'm circling the drain 
Oh, Leslie and Laura, I just value both of you so much. I have been jotting down these because it's absolutely true. The two points, I guess, that I'm thinking is the global politics and the fact that it mirrors our personal mirrors. And that's exactly what Hermes was saying when we begin. It, it's, it's such such evident. And is it real or not? And so it is an invitation on every level. It, it is so true. So here we have... And Yes. And I do think, you know, part of it, just thinking back, so the last time, you know, the last series of Saturn being in Aquarius 28, 30 years ago was essentially the invention of the internet, right? That That's when mm. that technology really was on board for the masses right? versus, you know, just being used by the military or small, mm-hmm. you know, pods of people, but really available to the collective at, at a global level and the world wide web birthing out of that. And I think that's part of the collective, you know, Aquarius is about invention. It is about technology. And so I think that there is a piece of this too, of accountability around technology. We've invented this thing that we don't know how to control. Yeah, it's looking at consequences, like, you know, thinking of uh, of uh, the recent, uh, the whistleblower from Facebook is yeah, a good example. Yeah, I think that's right? part of this. Yeah, Absolutely. and, and looking Absolutely. at what the impact is and the consequences. And of course, you know, for me, Aquarius isn't as much about groups as it is about community. However, I- we've seen a huge polarization in, in terms of people aligning themselves over here and and not wanting to listen to anybody who doesn't agree with them. And claiming authority through the technology. Yes. Right. Which, so I, yeah, go ahead, Sue. Well, I was going to say absolutely. And then that begins to get involved with all these other energies that are also adding like a stew pot into this whole factor because we have Uranus, of course, it is, um, I mean, Aquarius, we start going into astrology dispositors and then how they're acting and what, um, so that that would involve other, uh, um, I mean, the polarization. But this whistleblowing in the community, I think this is, along with the space, I mean, there's several subjects here that just stand out and it is expanding this idea that we are global. And and that was a wonderful reminder that the internet was, you know, because always looking back at the last cycle of the communication. So here we have this ability to, to communicate with everybody and, and not just, and more so with Zoom and, and webcams and all of this. So it's visual. It's not just typing. We went from DOS to almost like a visual Mac to out to everybody maybe. But my point is, is that the virus started to unite us in a uncomfortable way and still is, we might say, but, um, but a necessary health, you know, that has its own, but this business of the whistleblowing uh, with Facebook, no, no. Well, there was the Pandora Papers, and then there was the whistleblowers. One was Facebook, and and about 
that's being manipulating. We could all go back to Pluto with this, you might say, square Eris, in a sense that, that we talked about last time that other have that's in this backdrop of realizing playing off of our natural tendencies that of course we react when we get angry and we want to you know and it gets complicated and then with the pandora papers that we're being manipulated also and deceived betrayed you might say i mean really that begins to get the feeling on a on a public common denominator that the welfare of the group the communities the commonalities are being not being supported. Just well, by- what could be more Plutonian than finding out about people evading taxes? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and with Aronis in in uh, Taurus, the yeah. sudden one in value oriented Taurus. Yes, and money. Yes, exactly. But the beautiful thing is, all of this is, if we step back from the picture, looking at reasons why we are becoming more connected globally, which has its issues too, but it's just a factor. You know, we have this earth that we're all concerned about, hopefully, that the environment is not quite, it needs help, needs a lot of help. Well, and also the recognition that, um, you know, because Aquarius is a lot about tolerance, Mm, about accepting the multiplicity of, of peoples and, uh, you know, everything that we sometimes use to define ourselves. And then we realize that, you know, in order to be a community, we have to go beyond what defines our, us and understand what defines other people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's all air and it's related in that, uh, grand trine with Libra, which is self and others in comparison of understanding. It's not just partnership. It's like, who am I related to that? And am I projecting? And are we complimenting? Or are we, you know, are polarized? You know, there's all of that. So yes, it does make a big difference. And Jim, you know, um, you know Laura, you had mentioned too about, you know, as we were preparing for this, about Britain, breast Brexit, and I think Brexit, yeah. Brexit, thank you, which I learned, I was wondering, what does that mean? It means Britain exiting the EU, the European uh, Union, yeah, Union, thank you, and of course, we know that it was a 50-50 split, pretty much like the polarization that we're all experiencing globally, it seems, in, well, I mean, and the Brexit saga is, has been years, right, I mean, yeah. They held the vote with Mars retrograde. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is not going to go smooth. <laughs> but when it passed, Mars was retrograde. Um, but what's been showing up more recently, you know, so we've been hearing here in the States and probably you as well, Leslie, in Canada, right? There's chip shortages and material shortages and product shortages because so much is manufactured in China that and so many plants, even lumber in the States, was way backordered because all these mills shut down in 2020. Um, and now we're showing, and it's showing up in the States now too, a shortage of, of gasoline or petrol, as they call it in the UK. And it were gas prices in Georgia just jumped 20 cents a gallon, like in the last week. Um, and 
what's happening in the UK is not, and it's true here as well. So the prices are going up and the shortages are not because they are out of, there's a shortage of supply, but a shortage of truck drivers to get the gas to the stations. And in the UK in particular, part of the problem has been the pandemic and people quitting their jobs. And so they don't have as many truck drivers. Um, but it's been compounded by the fact that something like 20 or 30 of the 100,000 truckers they lost in the last year and a half wow. were not British citizens. So 30,000 of them were Europeans who can no longer work in the UK because of oh, Brexit. I do remember reading something about this. Wow. It was so intriguing to see how the bonds that would tie, which is very eighth high, well, it's, I think to myself of the nodes right now, the lunar nodes that are still leaving as they're in the last couple, you know, until uh, middle of January, there's still the last part of North Node in transportation oriented Gemini and uh, different cultures of Sagittarius with the South well, Node. So you know that that's just a practical example of why that was such an ill-advised. <laughs> decision it's like and and now and people warned that, that they were going to find themselves in a hole of some kind and maybe that's just the beginning yeah i don't yeah but, I, mean, I think other supplies are limited too but they're oh, yeah. having you know long lines at the pumps because there's a gas shortage but not well, because of a lack of supply i went to get have air put in my tires at, at my dealership because i refused to pay for air um, thank you. And and I and there are no cars. Yeah. Or, or there's hardly any vehicles in their lots because they're all in containers somewhere. Yeah. It's the same thing in the states. They're saying, you know, like don't even buy, don't buy new, don't buy used because everything is so inflated right now because of a lack of supply that, you know, you can they're charging for used oh, vehicles, oh. what they would have charged a new for a new vehicle. Well, to give you an example, I, I, I told, I, you know, I just had a subfloor put in my basement and they lifted the furnace, right? And I decided that it would be a good idea to put it on a platform. The cost of the platform, it's not that big. I mean, it didn't cost a lot of money, but it, the price doubled. The price doubled since April because all of a sudden sheet metal, the price of sheet metal has gone through the yeah. roof. Yeah, so I do think that that's part of all of, all of I, this, I think, the Saturn well, I have, piece maybe. Yeah. I, have I think it's interesting hmm. that, that, you know, when they were, there, were, there was so much talk about a, 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 an, an economic global reset, but nobody thought it would come in the form of a pandemic. Very true. We had no idea. I have a friend in Mexico, a lady who actually had, um, I knew her in, in uh, Arizona. We were with the airline business um, and on the ground, not up in the air. And then she recently moved to Hawaii and returned back to Mexico where she is. She's an expat, as we could call it. And she was just relating to me that there's a shortage of finding gardeners, not gardeners, but maintenance people that they're having a, a similar problem with having help finding um, people to work. And they don't have subsidized incentive monies 
given to people, which I found very fascinating, and which I don't know if we as a, um, and, uh, a, a, a social level, I'm thinking it's not anthropology, but anthropological maybe uh, viewpoint, why, would I be using that right? Um, why we're experiencing the tremendous um, difficulties. I know that here in the United States, people need to work at home. They, their children may be going, not going to school or else they don't, they're not, they're too little to get shots if they are going to give them shots or else they don't want to give them shots and they don't want to expose them to people. And it's complicated. You know, when you start breaking down a system and you and Saturn, our timekeeper that likes things regular is in this, let's break the rhythm Aquarius because it is a very irregular planet on its side going backwards. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, the space, we have a couple of minutes. Let's talk a little bit about space because during this time, talk about innovation, both uh, Musk and Bezos. No, it was, it was uh, um, Richard Branson. And, and Elon Musk and oh, Bezos. All three all of them. I guess I missed yeah. the Elon Musk one. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, oh, he's a big one. He, he has, in fact, he's got this other... Thing that he's called a star rocket or something and it's going to go to Mars eventually and it's oh it's huge oh but I won't be going no I'm not either thank you <laughs> I might just say this was wonderful I'll come back in the next life and figure it out then um <laughs> I have given a lot of thought to that <laughs> I have so um yes it, but space is something that's also become a public affair it's not just the elite of trained authority people. In other words, it's not just well. The it's astronauts. still pretty elite. You've got to be a multi well, multi millionaire to go up. And maybe might, you don't have to be an astronaut, but you've got to have a lot of disposable income. Yeah. Exactly. Although there were a few, I think, that did win a lottery or something of that. I forget which of these multi millionaires. It could have been Musk or Bezos that that offered it to um, the right, common Right, but the persons. ticket to join the lottery was millions. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, so. yes. It's like all benefactors. <laughs> yes, but it, it, but it, there is potentiality that this will become, on some level, an experience that you don't need to be trained to go to school. That There's other methods of... It's ex beginning to expand the horizons. That's what I meant by... It is, and, and it's this interesting thing because Musk has this this project in place, the Starlink project. Yes, right. And I'm so conflicted about it <laughs> because the idea is to put hundreds of satellites in the sky so that everyone has access to internet, and you don't need to worry if you're in the middle of nowhere in Nova Scotia or the desert in Africa or in LA and everybody could have the same speed, which would solve a lot of global problems in terms of the digital divide and how that affects economies. But I don't want the sky littered with satellites. I have I'm an astrologer. I want to be able to see the stuff. I took a picture of Venus and, and the moon the other night. I want to be able to see that. I agree. I, I've also been very conflicted with that whole process and just the idea 
way back when micro micro uh, stoves were so much stronger and people said stay away from the radiation which i'm still not quite so sure about because it's reduced but the idea of how and then a 5g compared to 4g but it's all this electronic vibrational energy that we don't know about we will come back unless leslie we're just past a half hour did you have a thought you wanted to share okay with Dr. Laura Tad and Leslie Francis and myself, Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos, Planet Buzz, October 10th, back with Saturn in its outrageous Aquarius strata. Be back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships, with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. Are you curious about the phase of the moon you were born under and what that might reveal? Join Leslie Francis, professional astrologer, intuitive, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunshine books, and host of her own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box, in a four-week workshop titled Lunar Rhythms, using the phases of the moon for self-awareness and practical planning. Sponsored by the International Academy of Astrology, this class introduces you to each of the eight phases, their characteristics, purpose, impact, and how they can be used personally to navigate your life. And you'll also learn how to identify the phase you were born under and how to access the power and potential of each phase so you can create a life more effectively lived. And if you are in any way fascinated by the moon, then this webinar is for you. A knowledge of astrology is not a prerequisite, just your date of birth. The webinar begins Thursday, October 14th and lasts for four weeks from 5.30 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. And for more information and to register for the webinar, visit astrocollege.org and scroll down to find the Lunar Rhythms webinar under Upcoming Events at IAA. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Greetings. This is Karen Winterland, astrologer at seattleastrologer.com, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos.
Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Well, hello. This really will usher in, after that wonderful ad about your class there, Leslie, how, in fact, I'm going to bring up the chart because let's talk about where this is in our uh, our own charts and how we maybe are seeing it manifest. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm I'm not doing two things at once very well, am I? (laughs) Okay. Here we are. Now this is the chart as of October 11th, for those on the podcast, 2021, in the evening at 10 o'clock, 17 minutes uh, in the evening, p.m., Eastern Daylight Time. So this and is when Saturn goes direct? Is that what you've correct. put it up for instead of right now? Yes, So people yes. are well, not confused. Today is the 10th. We're looking at the 11th because that's when Saturn ab- Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So, uh, and and I could have done it on a, well, that's fine. That's what it is. So we'll pull this up for a while. As far as, Leslie, perhaps let's start with you. Put you on the spot. But it is, (laughs) I know. Well, here it is in the 11th house, Saturn. We're talking about Saturn at this point of direct. And of course, it's in the eighth house here. So I don't really know if this is very, maybe I'll stop sharing at the moment. Um, let's, well, what I mean, it, 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 it's a valid chart if you're looking at the state of affairs in your country, in the United States, that's a valid chart. Yeah, but we'll, we'll go back to that then. Let's just talk about where it is <laughs> in just, our chart. I was just, you know, because I hadn't looked at it. I was just looking at it to see what kind of relationships it had with the other planets. But, oh, we can we can do that after we can we can I, I, I yeah apparently Mercury is getting on my nerves again. Uh, <laughs> well, I apologize. I understand. I'm we are at, it, in Libra, and it is that with Venus, it's a complicated thing. I thought, and I'm going di- di- to diverse. If we go into the complexities of astrology, you know, it is a matter of looking at different energies. And when it comes to Libra and Taurus with with Venus, because Venus rules both of those, they are not, um, I mean, one's relationship with other, but it's, it's, I'm beginning to lose my train of thought, darn it. But, but the point is, so, it's not clear. Go ahead, Laura. I was just going to say, just for Leslie, as you're thinking about how it's manifesting in your chart, Venus and Saturn are sextile, is one of the closer. It, it's not aspecting a lot very tightly. But with Venus, it, it'll be five Sag tomorrow. And then... So it's, a, it's, an, applying, it's an applying sextile. It's an applying sextile. Well, that usually gives it more weight because the energy is still building, which is nice. Um, And I don't, Ming, yeah. The other stuff is a little further, a little more of an orb. For That's the closest aspect. I'm talking over top of you, my deepest apologies. 
Oh, no, no. Okay, let's regroup. Okay, I will start off with my chart. Okay, and then we'll go further from that. Yeah, and it is in my fifth house. And it is this um, new, innovative restructuring, which sounds so great, but there's a lot of work, obviously, for anybody that is aware of of Saturn, you know, you just don't build four corners immediately. And I'm always in awe of buildings that are straight up, especially, you know, with a lot of the Netflix going back to the 800s or the 1200s or 14 or 1700s. And I'm talking about the different shows my husband's watching here about um, every friend from the Medici's to um, King Alfred and, and, uh, Outlander, gosh knows if other people have, but the point is all the buildings are straight up. We know this. Well, it takes work. It takes a lot of coordination. So here it's in my fifth house. And I feel like just that I'm relating and breaking down a lot and choosing what to keep and what to throw out. And it has to do with the house, not the household, but my creative interests. I don't have children. And I have a lot of creative interests. Talk Cosmos is one. And coming up with new ways to use the energy best and be truer to my, to my vision. So it's, it's, it's become exciting and it's a lot of work too. And on another way, I'm wondering if this little book club that you are both part of that we're looking at Hermetica by Gary Caton, which has to do with Mercury retrogrades, which we're in right now, I happen to be born with. And I'm wondering, you know, and we're wondering how to apply it. It's quite a, but that would be a creative energy, wouldn't it be where we're trying to look in a sense, maybe, maybe not. Maybe for you, it's a creative process. It would be different for each person. Yes, yes, there you go. Okay, then we'll Laura see. and I found a kind of Saturnian actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. It goes. We won't we'll scratch that. But on a personal basis, I have been writing. Oh, my goodness. I've been writing ideas with what to teach. I've been writing about um, what to have for a retreat. I've been writing poetry. I've been writing stories. I've been writing a great deal and also trying to figure out how to restructure some of my open slots with talk cosmos on different subjects and i think one of them is to go a bit about global and power and we'll see what happens anyway it's a lot of work in progress so and that's the saturn thing <laughs> yes it is so <laughs> now Dr. Tad, Laura, would perhaps you'd like to go next. Okay. Okay. Um, well, Saturn, it, it's in my second house, but it's been in my second house for a long time because I have a 12 degree Capricorn cusp of the second house. So since Saturn got halfway through Capricorn several years ago now, it's been in my second house. Um, so that's not a new experience. Um, so it's more sort of reflecting on the Aquarian piece that's only been this year, and it doesn't get out of my second house till it is almost out of Aquarius. <laughs> but um, 
to what I value, right? And what's important to me, my personal resources, but I also tell clients often like culturally we get the, the idea that personal resources are tangible, physical, monetary resources, but it's greater than that because our what are the natural gifts? What are our natural resources, the natural abilities we came into the world with? And that all has been getting really sort of reconfigured and reinvented for me, really. And it's interesting to think since June, so, right. So if we look at it with May being the start of this retrograde, um, because I've been working as an editor for a, uh, nonprofit in Vermont that's integrating the chakra system into teacher training and I'm restructuring their tra teacher training manual and rewriting their teacher training manual and having this authority around this cutting edge information, which is that Aquarian piece, um, using a skill set that's very weird for me to have because I'm severely dyslexic. So the idea that I'm somehow the expert and the really good writer of this material has been an interesting process of like, huh, I'm the one making it really clear, but I'm the one who needed help with my writing. My whole childhood and all through school because I'm dyslexic. So it's been very interesting to see how that has manifested for me. Um, and, and I think too, with the values piece, then like where you put your energy standing by your values with it for me, with it going through the second house of, um, you know, with in the States, the potential strike that's going to happen with the television and film industry. And I actually feel really excited. I think it's awesome. Every union is banding together. I think that's amazing. Um, and that's part of my value system being like, ah, oh, the collective yes. is taking, can, that could be part of this, the group, the collective owning their authority and coming that, you know, you could see Saturn Aquarius as union power potentially. Um, and so that, and I have people, friends and family that are in, that are part of the television film industry unions. And so seeing how that affects them and that, I don't know how much of that get, but possibly just because of it being my values that it is playing out in that way. Thank you. That's very clear. Second house resources and values. Absolutely. I was thinking mine was fifth with creativity of also on a collective. Leslie, I know you started with your foundational floor, which is true, which is very symbolic, as we had talked about, and you could expand on that if you want, but also about teaching for this new, if that relates to somehow with it, because you've always been a teacher. I've taken your classes, a few of them, as I've always. taken both of yours. Yeah, but not, but... There no, is actually, one I would that, agree with that, but carry on. Yeah, but that wonderful class that was just advertised with the uh, International Academy of Astrology, which by the acronym kind of goes like what? But anyway, <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm trying to do. Uh, well, of course, like Laura, I've had Saturn in the same house for quite a long time because uh, I have 16 degrees of Capricorn on my sixth house. And when it's stationed to go retrograde, it was within 
uh, about a degree and a half of my natal moon and a couple of degrees of my descendant. And then, you know, so there was the energy that felt like it was going to move forward and then it backed up. And so this year has been really a lot about, you know, cleansing, healing, um, reorganizing. Mm. And in order to get the sub four done in my basement, I had to clear out a whole bunch of stuff. I, I The mobile paper shredder, I donated eight boxes of paper, the mobile paper shredder. I had stuff going back to when I was in high school, but it, it wasn't, I had everything from high school. I just had bits and bobs from all parts of my life. Uh, uh, I came across my divorce decree. <laughs> All kinds of interesting things surfacing because, you know, because Saturn is in a Capricorn, that can also have as much to do with time past, right, as the moon. Tradition, yes. And And the other thing I found is that energetically, I've had my energy has been up and down like a yo-yo. I agree. A lot, lot of fatigue. And and then, of course, because it's in the sixth house, it's, and, and interestingly enough, I have Saturn in Virgo anyway. So, uh, so sometimes, you, you know, if anyone's listening and you know astrology, you might want to look at where your natal Saturn placement is just to get some further information. Well, mine is in the second house. And so it, and, and so Interesting things have shifted in terms of how I see myself, what my values are about me, how I value myself. Mm -hmm. Because the Saturn stations to go uh, direct, it's within a couple of degrees of my natal Venus. And so it, it's been a very complex year in, in <laughs> pulling a whole bunch of different threads together. And, it, and yet it's, you know, it's, it's funny because... Uh, I joined the board of IAA and and got a lot and have received a lot of respect for my areas of expertise. And so being able to show my mastery and express that part of me, but also to take on more work. <laughs> Thank you. And right? let's acknowledge what IAA is. It's International Academy of, of Astrology. Astrology. And, and it, it is, is the, the oldest, oldest school. Yeah, it's the Great. oldest online astrological school that offers, and they offer a comprehensive certification program. I'm just giving a little plug here. And soon mm -hmm. my my compatriot, Laura, will be teaching for IAA. So Yes, in January. Yeah, yeah um, so I'm very glad to make that acknowledgement. And this is, in a sense, a, isn't this amazing to consider that so many aspects are repeating, like you said, not just the present, but way back. Because Saturn, which is the natural ruler of Capricorn, you know, which is the structures, as I say, it just takes a long time to build a structure. You know, we have our spinal, we have our skeleton system as a baby and it grows, but we have the four stones, foundations of a building. You know, it, it, it so it goes, and, it, and it's tradition goes way back why do we have tradition so, because they repeat and repeat go ahead i just wanted to, <clears throat> to say that i think my the subfloor in my basement is a, is a perfect symbolic uh symbol of what the cycle is about in other words uh i did a lot of cleansing 
but I built on stuff on, on who I am. It's not a case of starting afresh. It's more a case of paring away the things that don't work for you anymore. So you can build something new on top of who you truly are. Authenticity. I hear yeah. that in all three of us and I love it. And I think as we conclude in the last part, that that really is the message to decondition because Saturn is conditioning, you know, it want, it, it's a necessary ingredient in order to prepare the, and we're getting reconditioned. You could say through all of this collective uh, mundane situations and personal that relate just like Hermes from the exterior to the internal and the internal to the exterior. I mean, it relates. In, in yeah. And I ways. think too, I mean, Saturn's about discernment, right? And so as you're cleaning out your basement, you're discerning, you're decide, you know, that sort of keep, throw out, shred, donate, sell, right? Those piles that we all create when we move or clean out a closet, and discerning, okay, what is of enough value that you hold on to it? What's of value that you could sell, but you don't want it? What's not of enough value to sell, but it would be okay, good for somebody, right? Like that's part of that discernment that I think that's part of that, this period too, and that of and collectively, like or for the community, for society, society discerning how we're going to move forward, right? That's Perfect. Part of- and I think if I- it's interesting because I just wanted to say, I think it does reflect uh, what the I Ching says, and that is that you cannot change the world unless you're prepared to change yourself. Absolutely. Accountability begins with the self. There is nobody else that we can change, and that is eternal message everywhere. Thank you. Let's look at this chart in the last few minutes. And for those folks, once again, it's October 11th at 1017 in the evening, Eastern time, wherever you want to be at. This happens to be Washington, D.C., just for the fact that we're coming out of the United States. But as you were speaking and had mentioned, right in the sixth house, according to this particular chart, which has very late Gemini rising, 28 degrees, 40 minutes, almost at the very end of of Gemini, almost at the uh, solstice point, the, the power point. But anyway, Venus is con- our, our planet of values and relationships in philosophical Sagittarius of cultural belief systems, you know, etc. Needing to voice our opinions is conjunct by three degrees to the south node meaning of what we're, what's part of our baggage, you could say, and we're needing to release. And so there it is. It's, would you agree? It's, it's, I mean, very pertinent. What else? Anybody looks She's at? so bright in the night, early night sky right now, at least here, you know, that so bright. I got and it, a, you know, a really good photograph. It, with the moon excellent. And so it bright. would be. That, thank you, Laura. I'm so glad to hear that. I've not been seeing it. We've got the VOG back again. And besides that, the time of year is hot in Hawaii. And so there's more uh, clouds. We had clear skies, but not lately. But if we look at this chart, and I've learned to see this through Brett, Gemini Brett, with his teachings and people, is that because it's in the sixth house, 
if we go in the primary, primary direction, which is how the earth uh, uh, rotates, it's not around the sun, but just rotates. Venus is going, uh, it's going uh, clockwise, right? And so it would be, and the horizontal line is the horizon. So because it's in the sixth house, it means the sun has set and it's within the dusk or it's in the evening, early evening time, right there. You can see it in the chart. So thank you. Thank you for that. I'll start looking. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot, you know, we were looking at with this chart earlier when we were talking before. Um, and it's now a little past. It's actually going to be with Mercury tomorrow rather than this Mars-Sun conjunction. Um, but this yod that we've got going on um, with Uranus, uh, then is sextile Pallas, and then they're both quincunx um and conjunct mercury or yeah it was the the mars sun conjunction just a couple of days ago um and that being i think that may have happened right that was closer to when um the facebook story broke about a week ago right well actually would you take the opposition uh, to Chiron? And, that, and then the opposition to Chiron is right there too. And so, so, yeah, so we are healing a lot of identities, our own identities, but that's absolutely how to find the, the common ground between authentic values with Aquarius and our thinking Mercury with relationships of self and others with gosh palace and our strategy of of working with what powers we can control and what we can't control control okay so there's the other thing (laughs) is control not an illusion yes control nothing create everything that's my in other words what can you be accountable for what can you take charge of and what do you just have to surrender to? Yes, the old creed of the alcoholics, which is not a bad creed, regardless of your stra- stra- you know, experience. But yes, control nothing, create everything, and work with what, and that's the gift of working with, um, it opens up new vistas, right? Because then you see signs of metaphysical wonder. Right now, the music is telling us a metaphysical wonder that we must say adieu. <laughs> Adios. Uh, yeah, <laughs> other languages. Well, thank you. Leslie from Canada. Buona notte. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of the Italian one. But... <laughs> I did. Buona sera would be like, I think it's. Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Till again with love. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. 
Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 